There's not much more sad than a child who runs away. Before Christmas, a North Carolina teenager, Kendall Ogle, ran away from home. Thankfully, she was found safe the next day. For all sorts of reasons, children decide to take off. In California, a 14-year-old girl with no prior history of running away took off last week. Charlotte Brown went missing. The police asked the community around Bakersfield to help in locating the young girl. Short, black hair, with blue tint, blue eyes, and glasses. But it's not just children who run. Young grown-ups also take off, leaving their families, going to find their own way in a world they don't yet fully understand. That's the story of the prodigal son in Luke's Gospel. In that case, and in most cases, prodigals make it home again. But you know, we have all run away from our Heavenly Father. Run home after running away. He's waiting, arms open. Welcome to Haven Today, here on another Monday. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, and we're in a month-long series that continues called Meeting Jesus in the Gospel of Luke. Yes, there are only two kinds of people in the world, those who know Christ and those who don't. But there are two ways to be lost. And if I had to guess, we've all been in both places at one time or another. I know I have been rebellious, a prodigal, running away from my Heavenly Father. That's one way. But I've also turned to the other way, trying to earn my Heavenly Father's approval. It's not so obvious, but it's another way to be lost. The question isn't whether we're lost and in need of grace, but how we are lost and how we can make it back home. In a moment, we're going to look at one of the most famous stories in, well, not just the Gospel of Luke, but the whole Bible, the story of the prodigal sons. Notice that I said sons, plural. Both were lost, and both needed grace, and both show us our own need. After the program, I want you to have a very special feature film we have called The Gospel of Luke. With this DVD, you can choose either the NIV or KJV as you watch the gospel play out before your eyes. Factors who portrayed their roles on location in the Middle East, the gospel story will come to life. I've never seen anything like it. It'll help you better understand the life of Christ. After the program, please call us and make your first gift of the year to this listener-supported ministry. And as a thanks, we'll send you the Gospel of Luke DVD. Our number is 800-654-2836. 800-65-HAVEN. Or go watch some of the sample scenes from the DVD, and you can make your gift there at our website, haventoday.org. haventoday.org. And now let's open the program. We open now with a song about the prodigal son by Matt Mayer. I was in 
in the Gospel of Luke, and thank you very much for joining me. I'm Charles Morris. Coming home from ancient stories like The Odyssey all the way to modern-day films like Cast Away, they speak to each of us and draw out our own longing to just go home. It's something we as human beings have felt in our bones since the very first family was exiled and thrown out of the Garden of Eden. We all just want to go home, to be home. And as we continue our series, Meeting Jesus in the Gospel of Luke, we meet two sons. They're very different sons who both needed to come home. I'm talking about Luke 15 and the story of the prodigal sons. Yes, you heard me right, sons, plural. Both boys in this all-too-famous story were lost. Both were in need of a proper homecoming and only one ended up coming home. But before we get to that, we need to understand what Dr. Luke is telling us in Luke 15. The whole chapter is full of lost being found. The very opening acts as a tuning fork for the rest of the chapter. Tuning forks, you may know, are used for an orchestra. Each individual tunes his or her instrument to the tuning fork to make sure everyone is exactly on the same key. If each person were responsible for their own without this guiding tune, they might be close, 
but it wouldn't sound quite right, neither good nor beautiful. The opening line of Luke 15 is like that, bringing all the other stories in this chapter into harmony together. Luke 15:1. now the tax collectors and the sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. Now, to those of us familiar with the gospel story, this might not sound very spectacular. Of course, sinners and tax collectors were coming to Jesus. That's what the gospel was all about. But we need to take a step back and think about it from a different perspective. The Pharisees back then, the religious leaders, taught that the only people worthy of coming to the Lord were those who rigidly obeyed God's law. They taught that the only blessed people in the world were the righteous people in the world, those who made every effort to display their religion. And of course, they were hypocrites, we know, because even though they made very public displays of their own righteousness, they were also exploiting poor Jews and secretly trading away their political allegiance for power and security. But the public mindset was agreed. Sinners and tax collectors had no place in the kingdom of God. Now, sinners was a very big category. It's also one that each of us falls into. But that word sinners didn't just refer to people who had sinned in their life, but to people living in sin. It referred to people who may have grown up going to synagogue or the temple, people who grew up learning their Hebrew scriptures, but eventually turning away from God's word. Sinners was a way to talk about a prodigal. Sinners was a painful category. Now, some of us, maybe many of us, know the pain of being a prodigal. In my own family, we've had prodigal sons, a prodigal daughter. The pain of watching them live their life in ways you know aren't good for them the pain of watching them reject the faith, at least for a season. As they were growing up, we can recall the prayers we pray daily to the Lord, crying out that he might bring them back. I was a prodigal myself. I was raised a believer. I was born again as a teenager. But at some point in my early adult life, I walked away. And it wasn't until later on that the Lord brought me back, brought me home. I was a sinner, but eventually found myself gathering around to hear Jesus once more. Sinners is a painful category. Tax collectors were even worse. Tax collectors in many cases were Jewish men that pledged allegiance to Rome, the occupying power in Israel at the time. They went around collecting taxes from their Jewish kinfolk. They were seen as nothing but traitors, not only to the nation of Israel, but to the Lord. They had defected. They were unworthy. Remember Zacchaeus coming up in Luke 19? He was a tax collector, and people hated him with a vengeance. But it is these two groups of people that we find coming to the Lord at the beginning of Luke 15, the tuning fork of the entire chapter. It is only the sinners and the tax collectors who come. The religious, the so-called righteous, stayed back at a distance and were just highly critical. They didn't come. Jesus told a parable about a hundred sheep, ninety-nine of which were 
where they should have been. But it was the one, the lost one, the prodigal sheep that the shepherd went out to find. And remember, he rejoiced when he found that one. Out of ten silver coins, it is the one that was lost that a woman rejoiced over. Not the nine that she had in her hand before. You see, these parables that Jesus tells on his way to the great parable of the prodigal sons shows us something about the heart of our Lord. He loves to find, and he loves to save the lost. He rejoices when the lost come back home, when sinners and tax collectors flock to hear the words of grace and mercy, the Lord rejoices. He welcomes them home, even if it means the religious of that day and even our day would get upset. And to put an even stronger point on it, Jesus told this story, the story of the prodigal. Let's listen to it together. Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating. But no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am, starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied. And your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. 
the older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill a fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad, because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. The Parable of the Prodigal Sons, Luke 15, 11 through 32, from the Gospel of Luke DVD, which I'd love to send you for your gift to the ministry. I'm Charles Morris, here on Haven Today, and reminding you again, the program is called Meeting Jesus in the Gospel of Luke. I called it the Parable of the Prodigal Sons, because just like the opening lines in Luke 15, This story shows us two ways to be lost. There is the first way, the obvious way, rejecting the Father, running away, spending one's life and resources on things that ultimately end in destruction, even desperation. The younger brother is a picture of outright rebellion, rebellion that's painful. But there's another way to be lost, a more subtle, a religious way the older brother. He followed all his father's commands. He did his chores on time. He never talked back. He was a perfect son, except for one thing. He didn't do all this because he loved his father. He did it because he expected his father to pay him back one day. The older brother was living his life as a transaction. If I do my part, my father does his part. How many of us today live like that? We imagine our Heavenly Father, morning by morning, with His hand out, asking us, What have you done for me lately? We imagine the Lord with His ledger journal, keeping track of our good deeds, making notes of our bad deeds, and we think if we work hard enough, obey Him well enough, or show Him enough devotion, He'll reward us with heavenly blessings when the time comes right. Well, isn't that why the older brother is so upset when his younger, rebellious brother finally comes home? The older brother gets angry. His younger brother didn't earn it. In fact, he had wasted his life and also his inheritance, only to come back and receive even more. How is that fair? And it's here that we see a real difference between these two brothers. But now, the younger brother, by asking his father for his inheritance early, he was essentially telling his dad that he wished he was dead. That's how he would get his inheritance. He said that and left. But after he had squandered it all and was reduced to eating the food of pigs, he remembered his father. The love of his father followed him all the way to that point. He remembered, and that love of his father drew him back home. That's how any of us come back to our 
Heavenly Father. We remember His love, a love that comes after us, a love that runs to us when He sees us from a distance. It's a love that dies for us and brings us home. The older brother, he had no concept of that. He didn't realize that the father already loved him, that everything the father owned already belonged to him. He was determined to earn what he received. And if we make that same choice, we will end our lives just as miserable as that older brother. When we hear and see sinners and tax collectors rejoicing in the generosity, the generous love of the Father, rejoicing in the love of Christ who lived and died for them, we will become bitter, sour. Our only hope is to remember the love of our Heavenly Father. His love follows us. Whether we rebel like the younger or we try to earn like the older, His love is what frees us and welcomes us into His joyful presence. You can't earn it. You can't lose it. His love is set upon us if we are believers in Jesus Christ. So just like the sinners and the tax collectors back then, we must come. We must gather around Jesus, hear his words of life he speaks to us. We must try to stop earning our own keep and rest in the reality that we have been loved already. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, you too, but now we can be found. We were blind, but now we can see. Rebecca St. James, an amazing grace on Haven Today, the program called Meeting Jesus. 
in the Gospel of Luke. Well, I challenged you all last week, in fact, all this month, but I want to challenge you again for the rest of this month of January 2021. Would you read the Gospel of Luke with me? I can't think of a better way to do that than to spend time with the Lord, and Luke's Gospel is a rich testimony to our Savior. Would you join me and set aside time to read through Luke at least once? And to help you better understand this gospel, I want to send you the DVD called The Gospel of Luke. It's a great way to experience the ministry of Jesus with your eyes and your ears and your heart. It's a feature-length film dramatically portraying the story of Jesus. It was shot on location in the Mediterranean, and I really like that it's word for word from either the NIV or the KJV translations. This DVD experience is something that you're going to enjoy starting your new year with, and it'll sure help you with your walk with your Savior. So why don't you call us right now? Make your first gift of the year, and we'll send you the Gospel of Luke DVD. Here's the number, 800 2836 That's 800-65-HAVEN. Or go online, watch the sample scenes from the movie, and make your gift there at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow? As again, we'll share together the great story from the Gospel of Luke. It's a story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. What are the two greatest words in all the Bible? Jesus Christ comes to mind because, as Peter says in the book of Acts, no other name has been given by which we might be saved. By faith? That's a contender, since it's by faith we enjoy all of the Lord's grace and mercy. But there's an often overlooked phrase that captures our Lord's love perfectly. But God... But God, the Apostle Paul, had just described human beings dead in sin, lost in darkness, enemies of life. But God, rich in mercy and love. But God, he intervened by sending Jesus Christ for us. Our faith even hinges on these two great words. But God, dead, lost, sinful, yes, but God. But God, spend more time with Jesus with Anchor Devotional. Visit GetAnchor.com.